Welcome to the Faith-Led Business Podcast, a home for entrepreneurs who want to take their God-given gifts and use them to strategically create a legacy of success for themselves and the people that they serve. My name is Monica Perez Burnett. I am your host, mom of eight with two sets of twins. I am a visibility coach, lover of all things tech, and I aim for you to live a life of faith over fear. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another day of our Faith-Led Business Podcast. Today we have, um, we usually do Wisdom Wednesdays, but today it's going to be Wisdom Thursday because we're flexible that way, aren't we? (laughs) Today we have a very special guest. Dr. Jake is back with us. Let me make sure I get his name up here because I didn't do that. I did that last time too. There we go. Dr. Jake is back with us. And this time he is going to be sharing with us some of his own experience growing his own health and wellness business. Basically, he does have a brick and mortar business, but we were just talking about how so many of the foundational principles um, apply. So we will get started with that. But I just wanted to interject because we do do the daily devotional um, and we do do the reading. And interestingly enough, um, I think this reading applies very well to what we're about to do. So might as well read it. Hello, everybody saying hello, Dr. Jake. All right, everybody. Hey. All the faith-led business builders out there. It's good to be back with you again. (laughs) They're excited to see you. I love it. So. Oh, and if you would like for someone else to see this in your sphere of influence, please feel free to share this out because the more people, the more transformation. And that's what we're all about. So here we go. It's Romans 12.1. And this is what it says. I'm just going to read that and then we'll get started. It says, I urge you to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Isn't that so perfect? That's perfect. It's so perfect. It's one of my favorites. Yes. has a lot to do with uh, what I'm all about, which is uh, health and wellness and taking care of our bodies. So thanks for that. Yeah. Yeah. There are no coincidences. This was just the one for the day. So I'm telling you, he knows what we're up to. Always. Always. So perfect. All right, Dr. Jake, we are going to jump right into this because I know your story is an awesome story and um, and we all want to hear it. So welcome everybody once again. And here we go. So question number one for you is when did you start your entrepreneurial journey and was it an easy or a scary decision for you to get started? Well, I would say I don't know exactly when that started because I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. Like I think some of it was just kind of built into me and my personality. Like as a kid, uh, I was doing entrepreneurial things. Like, um, you know, when, when me and my friends, I used to skateboard as a kid. So when me and my friends, we wanted a skate park for our community and we didn't have it. Like we started doing garage sales. We started going door to door. We sold candles. Like, we raised like $5,000 in a couple of months so that our community, and then we petitioned to the, uh, the, the town. And then uh, a couple of years later, we got our own skate park. So like, 
wow. I just remember all these, you know, I just remember these times as a kid where if I wanted something and it, it caused me to have to have money, then I would try to make everything that I could to, to make it happen. So I feel like I've always been kind of entrepreneurial minded um, to some sort. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, so like for me, entre uh, becoming an entrepreneur, it's like, I don't say, I don't think it was ever scary. <laughs> like I'm kind of, I've always been a risk taker. Um, and I know that to get a great reward, there's going to be some sort of a risk involved and some personalities are different. Like they're a lot more like conservative and like a little bit more calculating. I would say that the scariest part about uh, becoming an entrepreneur for me was that, uh, a little bit too much of a risk taker, <laughs> a little bit, uh, uh reckless at times so i've kind of learned some things the hard way that i've i've i need to actually uh come back to the middle a little bit more and as i've made a lot of mistakes uh as an entrepreneur i, I realized that i can't just jump off of every ledge uh, in front of me so um no it's it's not really been been scary uh, that much sure there's there's times in life where you're like, oh my gosh, like, how is this going to work out? Like, how is this going to happen? But as far as making the decision, uh, specifically to opening my chiropractic office, Freedom Family Chiropractic, which we started in January 2015. So we just had our five-year anniversary, my wife, Dr. Christy, and I. Uh, just uh, this past year, we had our five-year anniversary. So starting that... Um, no, I mean, I, I don't think that, I don't think that that was a scary decision. Um, it's just kind of for me, you know, what's scarier uh, when I think about it, uh, what's scarier than taking the risk is living an unfulfilled life with all your desires and your dreams trapped inside of you. Cause that's miserable. And that's to me, that's a lot more scary, um, you know, my life ending without ever jumping into the things that I felt like God put in my heart than actually taking the risk and, you know, potentially failing. That's a really good point because I think a lot of people actually feel that the other is scarier and that's why they don't get into action. But well, I think it's because they're think talking about like the present moment. They're not thinking about having to look back and say, I didn't do, and then there's no more time, right? And everybody is a little bit different. Like I, I mentioned, like this, that's my personality. That's my nature. That doesn't make me better or worse than anybody. But I think understanding your your natural demeanor or your, maybe your some of your things that you're more geared toward as uh, how, how you operate, if you understand that, you're like, if you're somebody like me, you're like, okay, maybe we, we – slow it down a little bit before you just jump into this risk or whatever. And then the other people are like, okay, I know I'm scared. I don't really want to take action. Maybe I'm like paralysis by analysis type of person. And they're like, nope, I got to muster up the, the faith to just take a couple of action steps forward. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why understanding your yourself is, is going to help you get to where you need to go. Yeah. That's excellent because I do, I do see people on both, both sides of the spectrum. So that's a really good point to make. Um, 
what were some of the struggles that you've had in starting your business? Because you've been, you've had your your brick and mortar business for five years. So what what happened? What's going on? Um, do we have time for this? <laughs> Is this a weekend seminar on all the problems and all the the dirt and all the the mistakes that I've made in business? <laughs> we'll try to we'll try to keep this short you know you know when you sent over some of the things that we want to talk about today i was like oh my goodness this could be a whole show right here <laughs> so, um i mean th there's a lot of struggles um so just looking at looking at a couple of them for me it, it's it's been organization mm. um but again this goes back to understanding how you how you operate like i'll I'll get stuff done, man. I'll work hard. I'll I'll go out. I'm a go getter. Um, I've got. I'm naturally really really driven. But uh, then there's a downside to most people who operate like that, and most people who operate like that are messy. And you know they'll get a lot done, but there's a lot. Raising your finger over there. <laughs> yeah, like uh, keeping things tidy, uh, closing closing the loop on things organization, uh, planning, just making sure that all your T's are crossed and your I's are dotted uh, with, with paperwork and schedule and all that stuff. So I'd say that's been a, a huge, uh, it's been a struggle for me. So over the last years of personal development, like I've had to become very structured, um, you know, and, and I have to plan and prepare and, and uh, make sure that my actions are not moving faster than what I can clean up behind me. Ooh, that's good. So that's one of the things that I work, and, and I think that with that, so, you know, I have a team of people, um, you know, if you're an online business, you may be somebody who's just working all by yourself, then if that's a little bit different, because then you kind of got to play all the roles, but when you have people, if you're a business that has to hire, then one of my, one of my recommendations is you've got a, uh, and John, John Maxwell talks about this in um, uh, his, uh, his leadership books. And uh, he says that you need to hire to your weaknesses. So like my hires uh, recently have been like people who are super organized. They're good at the things that I'm not good at. So I can do what I'm best at. And then we can have a great solid, you know, organization. So yeah, being organized and, and closing the loops on things is something that I've struggled with. And it really, uh, it really can hit your heart, especially like a medical uh, facility or it's chiropractic office where you have to have paperwork and documents and billing and, and there's some insurance stuff involved. And that just doesn't fly well when, when things aren't done properly. Because number one, uh, you might not get paid for certain things. Number one, you could mess up people's money. And uh, the other thing is uh, you could get in trouble if you're not following documentation properly. Right. So what? let me, let me stop you there before you move on because this is um, – you said you basically had to train yourself to be more organized before you hired to your weaknesses, right? Yeah, so I, didn't have, uh, I didn't have the money or time or – opportunity to hire team early on so what was your process to to force you to do that what did you have to like <clears throat> excuse me do like mentally to 
to get to that place? Because I know that a lot of people here watching struggle with that very thing. And they're like, I know I need to, but how do I force myself? How do I create that habit? Well, I went to a lot of seminars and camps where um, uh, in my organization, I'm a part of Max Living. It's all about becoming not only a better doctor and practitioner and saving more lives in the community through chiropractic and the five essentials, but also just becoming a better, you know, managing your personal life better too. So uh, I've got to learn from, you know, I've probably been to 13 camps and 60, 70 seminars over the last 10 years where I'm learning from people who are great at war planning. They're, they're organized. They, they get a lot done throughout their day because they know how to schedule themselves and, and give me practical tips and tools of how to do it. And then you're constantly reminding yourself like, and, and working on those things. So I've just had a lot of coaching and a lot of, uh, personal development seminars. That's really good to, um, to point out because it shows the power of investing in yourself. Uh -huh. It really does. As an entrepreneur, lots of people won't invest in themselves because they say they don't have the money, but you're not going to create the money if you don't have the skills. So it's like this catch 22, right? And so they stop themselves there. And, um, and sometimes you really, if, if it's one of the foundational parts of your business, if you can't move it forward, it, it's really important to go get that additional support. So I love that. All right. What else you got? Uh, lots of stuff. Let's see here. What uh, some other things that I've really, really struggled with. Um, I'll share this one. Unrealistic goals and expectations. So um, this one really does play into my faith walk a lot too, because um I'm, I've, I've always been somebody who is like, you know, shot for the moon when it comes to like, I want to be, you know, excellent in, in all that I do. However, I realized over the years, like I, it became very dysfunctional. Like I wanted to come out of into practice and, you know, we want, I wanted to see, you know, a thousand adjustments a week and you know, be collecting with some of the top doctors in the world and helping tons of people and coaching and speaking and all that stuff, which are, are great goals. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with those, but it became very unhealthy because I was so tied. I was so tied to the goal in the fact that I connected my self-worth to the goal. Mm. And, uh, it's no coincidence that God just did not allow that to happen for me. And I'm, I'm really glad that he didn't like where, where like our numbers and, and all that stuff were, I mean, was probably a third of where I wanted to get to, mm -hmm. but, and it caused me a lot of heartbreak. It caused me a lot of misery. It caused me a lot of struggle that looking back at it now, um, it was a test. It was a test from God. And I feel like, man, I'm so glad that I didn't get to where I wanted to be because my heart posture and like my thought process on it was just 
totally a bad belief system. And so what I've learned over the last couple of years is that it's great to have high goals and it's great to have good expectations and work towards that. I think God um, honors that type of stuff. However, he doesn't want us to get our self-worth or our identity in anything other than him. And when I realized that I was already enough and I, and I realized I was already a huge success in my father's eyes and that, um, and I not just only like, if you asked me that six years ago, when I, when I was doing it all way more dysfunctional intellectually, I could have told you that, mm-hmm. but in my spirit and how I operated on a daily basis, I, it, it wasn't really true. Like I knew in my head, but I didn't know in my heart. And it took so many years of pain and suffering and just the striving, striving, striving to where I finally woke up. And it's like, Jake, how many days are you going to go beating your head against a brick wall before realizing that you're already enough, you're already loved more? as much as you ever will be by your father, you're already a huge success. And it's not about comparison, but just look at yourself compared to where a lot of people are at. And you're already probably in the top 1%, but it still wasn't enough for me. Mm-hmm. And then through another year or so of just like living and operating in that, like now for the first time in my life this year, if you ask me if, if I felt like a success, I actually, I actually feel like I'm winning in life because I know my identity now better. It's obviously nobody's perfect. It's, it's this sanctification process. And when I'm 80, I'll still have some issues, but I'm operating at a better level right now to where now I'm, I'm really happy. I don't have this roller coaster ride of a life that my happiness depends on a goal that I hit for my business, whether it be money, whether it be people, whether it be reach or popularity, whatever it be, that is probably the number one struggle that I had for four years and now uh, three and a half years or so. And now, uh, I mean, that's what, that's more important um, to me. And that's more important about just having an awesome life than just collecting a bunch of money. Mm. So good. That's really good. And I, I see that in most entrepreneurs struggle. And I know that they say, or we all, we've all, I've said this before. I'm like, get ready because the entrepreneurial journey is like being on a roller coaster ride, which it is. But honestly, I think that your roller coaster can start not having so many loop de loops once yes. you get to this place. Yes. It see, I was doing Where's my hand? I was doing this. It would be, it would be up and it would be down. And I would be down for like a month. And I would put myself and I would keep myself into this just this trench. And it was miserable. And it wasn't until my numbers got better that I got happier. So my happiness was dependent on how good my business was doing. And that was bad. But guess what? Now that I've I, I live a life that's more steady, sure there's still ups and downs, but they're not this anymore. They're like they're like this. And I have a lot of joy on a regular basis every day. And guess what? Once I started uh getting there in my heart, 
uh, guess what happened to the amount of money that I collected? It went through the roof. And so it's like, I feel like, and not, I don't know if that happens to everybody, but I think more than times than not, it does because I think what God was saying, Hey, when you start understanding who you are and who you created to be and really putting me first and desiring me more than just success and a goal, guess what? Uh, when you're more mature, then I'm going to give you some more things that I think you can handle. And then we've been, we've prospered. It's been the biggest financial prosperity year we've had. So I don't think there's a coincidence. Agree a hundred percent. I do believe it's definitely linked. It's linked. Oh, I love that. I love that. And even if it wasn't, guess what? You're happier. You're better. You're more fulfilled. And that's what people really want. People want to be happy. People want to live a fulfilled life. You know, Jesus came. He died for us to have life and have it to the full, not just in heaven, but here on earth. And we want to be happy. And so even if you didn't collect more money, you're going to have a happier life, which is what you really want anyways. Amen. All right. I'm getting a little worked up over here. Getting a little- <laughs> We're both going to be like. Watch out, people. Step back from your screens, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Good. Awesome. So um, let's see here. Was God always involved in your decision-making around your business? Since, <laughs> since I was 22. Hmm. I mean, I've always, I grew up in church, went to Sunday school. I mean, I was thinking about this this morning. Like I've always, as far back as I can remember consciously, I believed in God and uh, kindergarten, first grade, however far back, did all the stuff, Sunday school, church, confirmation, graduation, all that stuff. And I've always believed in God, but it wasn't until I was 22 years old where like my life really changed. And I started like really walking with the Lord, talking, spending time with them, communicating with them, surrendering, uh, on a, trying to on a daily basis, communicating with him, praying about where my life is supposed to go, what I'm supposed to do. That's when like my I started having a real live active relationship with him versus just like, oh, yeah, I believe in God, but I'm really just doing whatever I want in my life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So since I was 22 and then. I think I opened my business when I was 26, 27. I'm 34 now, just turned 34. So, uh, yeah, but since I've been 22, I've been, my faith walk has been an active one and an active relationship. So since then, yeah, like my decision-making, uh, not just for my business, but like my life, like I do as much as I possibly can to, um, you know, pray about my decisions and, you know, see, is this, is this a biblically sound decision? Is this talk to some of my, my wise counsel and, and make those decisions, uh, as biblically as I can, or if there's not a direct answer in the Bible, then, you know, just praying for spiritual discernment on that decision and then trying to have as much peace about it in my spirit as I can. And then you just do your best. You never really know. You never really know if you're hearing from from God or not. Like you can, like my pastor, Stephen Furtick, who was my pastor for a long time. He, he like, you know, you know, you'd think a pastor like, well, they would for sure know that they're hearing from God. Right. Well, he, he says in one of his books, he's like, 
you know, I don't think I've ever been more than like 60% sure that I'm hearing from God. And so it's like, it's like, well, no, I'm a hundred percent certain. Well, you know, there is a faith aspect in there. So I don't know if you're ever a hundred percent sure, but if you're like over 50% sure, then I would go ahead and you better do it. You know what I mean? Because that's, that's part of the faith walk. So as far as my business goes and the decisions that my wife and I have made with, you know, with money and what to do and how to handle our business, then yes. And since we've opened Freedom Family Chiropractic, it's, it's been a key part and one of the main parts of how we do business. I love that. That's awesome. So if you could go back and change anything in your business, what would you do differently? Um, a couple things. Do you mean more like I kind of talked about like my dysfunctional mindset and approach. Mm -hmm. um, so that's like up here. But then that's one thing, a mode of operation. But if you're talking more like procedurally or like an actual practical approach, that'd be a different thing, which because number one, I'd tell you the, the most important thing would be I would approach, I would look at things differently and I'd understand like who I am. And if I would have had that solid ground understanding on, on day one of who I was and my identity and, and, and how I thought about things, oh, that would have been the number one thing that I would have changed differently. Mm. But if you're asking like procedurally or approach or like what things that we did, um, I don't know if I'd go back and do it differently because I learned so much from some of the things that I did differently. But if I would, if you would ask me like, Hey, if, if I would have done this different, do I think we would have excelled faster Then, see, we started our business where we did a lot of what we call outside marketing. And I grew up in a culture of chiropractors that like are like, gung-ho, passionate, save the world chiropractors, right? And I love it. Like it just, it, it makes me, you know, get up in the morning of why we do what we do. And I think you have to have that. But so we talked about saving lives inside and saving lives outside. And what we mean by that is like, there's external marketing outside of your, you know, your office and going out and reaching people and doing talks in the community, doing screenings, getting into stores, uh, going outside everywhere. And then there's saving lives inside. And that's more like internal referral, talking to your patients, having them talk to their family members, having your patients that you have these uh, warm, live, active relationships with. They would call that like, you know, I guess in other terms, like, like let's work with a hot lead versus a cold lead, right? Mm -hmm. Well, when you are starting off in business, you don't have a lot of warm leads. You've got to go build the relationships because like you, you don't know anybody a lot of times right. or not a huge network, right? So you, they trained us really early on to become, we got to be great outside marketers and you reach the people and you get really, really good at, uh, well, we did health screenings and I'll, I'll try mm -hmm. not to go too long with this, but we did these health screens, do computerized nerve scans, and we'd get into Walmarts, we'd get into stores and juice shops and things like this. And we do these nerve scans. 
and they'd be in there like coming to think that they're getting like hamburger, right? For their family. And they leave like paying me money for an appointment to come into a chiropractic office. And I'm seeing their whole life change and transform. So I called it, I called it, um, how do you take somebody from hamburger to health transformation in five minutes? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So we did a lot of outside marketing and we got really, really good at it. And that was a blessing starting off, but it was kind of a curse because we never, not never, but we didn't really transition from the, all the outside marketing to moving into more internal referral. And what it did was one of them requires an extreme amount of energy and work and, and, and basically, I mean, I almost burnt out. And so, um, if I could have done it, I would have, I would have transitioned sooner to really work on it. But since it was working and then it would have, I would have, it was since it was working, I'm like, well, let's just keep going with what's working. But I didn't see the pitfalls in it. And then when some of the relationships got chopped out from underneath my legs, then we were screwed. And then we went through like several months of struggle where my business went and we're like, oh my gosh, guess what? Wake up call. We have to figure out how to do this internal um, referral thing and talk to our patients and really foster that to get them to see the importance of sending their family in so we could save their family's life and help them get healthy. So I'd say that was probably one of the things that I wished I would have changed. I don't know. I hope that could some be helpful to, you know, online entrepreneurs as well? I guess maybe one of the correlations would be like, you know, like uh, Facebook ads or something like that. Like I would consider like Facebook ads, it could potentially be a, a way of like, maybe that's like some cold marketing mm -hmm. or like, or even the way that you do Facebook ads. If you just like put an ad out there and blast it, like see somebody to, for everybody to see, that'd be like a cold marketing thing. Versus like, you know, um, if you're trying to reach people online, like, you know, like things like this, like the Facebook lives, they get to know you and then, then you got a following and then you, you get their people to like, you know, you know, invite them onto videos like this and you kind of warm them up along the way. It's just more organic. It's, 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 it's more, a little bit more natural. It's a longer process that takes more time, but it, it it's the best way to ideally reach people. And so if I could go back, I would have started and transitioned sooner. And uh, it really, it really took a toll on my stress and my business. And I think that was a mistake that I wish I, I could have done. I would have probably done over, but I learned a lot from it. And that mistake hopefully can help some other people not have that happen to them. I love that. I think it really speaks to having a very clear success path for your customer in terms of you bring them in, even if they are cold, right? You bring them in, you serve them, but the follow-up, as you're saying, the in-house, right? I think a lot of people are just more focused on bringing in the numbers, but not really taking care of their people. Uh -huh. And that's where you can get so many more because they are faithful and loyal clients. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's a great, great lesson to learn for sure. For sure. Ooh. All right. So Dr. J, 
What does your daily routine look like? <clears throat> well, this is very, this is a really important question. I think this, along with what I shared about identity and self-worth, this is probably one of the most important things to your success in your business. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people realize this. This is a missing link to your success. If you want to be more successful, even if you did not change your procedures, let me give you an example. And I'm not even answering your question quite yet, but I'm telling you why my answers and what you do is like, is really important. So let's say you have, uh, a certain process, right? Of how you operate your business, your procedures, right? And then, so that's set. And you have two people, you have person A and person B, but they're both following the exact same procedures for the exact same business. Person A, you know, really works on themselves to be in a better state. We call it, uh, we call it getting in state for the day. Mm. And in person B has no uh, morning routine or daily routine. They just kind of wake up and, and, and kind of go at things. Even if they did the same exact procedures, guess who's going to be more successful? Person A, because it's not just the procedure. You could have the best procedure in the world, but if you put a person in a lower state, a lower energy state, a lower confidence state, lower self-worth state, more stressful state, they will not perform as well. And that we could make that even a little bit simpler and say, let's not even say it's two different people. Let's just say it's the same person. And person A or that person, they get up in the morning, they roll out of bed, they just kind of like, you know, drink their coffee and watch the news and check Facebook and check their emails and then, you know, get in the car and scurry off to work, grab a Snickers bar for lunch or whatever, or forget to make a lunch. And then they go off and they do their business versus something, you know, different where they wake up, they, they get some time to get their mind right in the morning. And I'm going to walk through some of the things that I do. And then they go off to work and they do the things that they need to do they're going to not only produce more, be more successful, but they're going to have less stress. They're going to be happier and they're going to be more fulfilled in their life. So with all that being said, let's go into some of the things that I do do for my daily routine or the morning routine. Does that sound good? That sounds awesome. So I, I think this is super important. Obviously, I mentioned that already. So some of the things, just so you know, before I even go into this, one of the things you have to understand about daily routine or your, your morning routine is that it's not going to look the same for everybody. The last thing that I want you to do, and I know this from mistakes, the last thing that I want you to do is write everything that I do down, and you can write it down, but don't try to follow everything that I do because I'm not you and what gets me into state during the day is not going to be what gets you into the state more than likely, or it's going to look a little bit different. And you can't be super rigid with this. You can't be too religious or too structured. Otherwise, it's going to do the exact opposite of effect of what you're hoping it to do, which is getting you into a confident, peaceful, 
uh, just happy, good, loving state for the day, right? Mm-hmm. So some of the things that I do, number one, I wake up in the morning and I get into gratitude. I think gratitude is the most important thing uh, that you can start your day with. And solitude. Mm. And uh, for me, it's got to be in the morning because like I need my time. I have, I protect my time. And also just another thing to do is you got it. You have to protect time for yourself. It doesn't just happen. Believe me, there's interruptions, there's alerts, there's beeps, there's phone calls. If you got kids, you know, they're everywhere and uh, they'll be up in your grill and they're going to, they're going to take the time. So you don't just get solitude. You don't just get morning time. You make it, you block it off. You protect it with your life because it's that important to get yourself right. Um, it doesn't have to be in the morning, but like it could be at lunch. It could be before bed. But uh, I think the most, most would agree that in the morning is going to be the best. And it can be, it could be five or 10 minutes or something for me. It's like, if it's a really, really busy day, I need 10 minutes and I can go through it. And sometimes it can be two hours. So for me, it's like getting up, being in gratitude. God, thank you for my beautiful wife, Christy. Like, thank you for Shoopy Plantation where I live. Thank you for my dog. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my health. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Gratitude is the most powerful emotion that God's given us. Love and gratitude have the highest vibrational frequencies for emotions in our physiological state, in our brains. So getting up in gratitude, because what do most people do? Here, here, here's what not to do. Wake up. Oh my goodness. I can't believe it's five or it's well, six o'clock. And uh, I don't know how I'm going to make it through the day. And I got all these things to do. And <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? God, just just get me through the day today. And you go and you get the coffee and you're like, just, just to get enough energy to get moving. And then yeah. it, it's all these external things. Like for me, I do everything I can. And I'm not perfect with this, but I like, I don't turn on my phone for the first like 45 minutes that I'm awake. I don't turn on my phone. I don't, I don't think about all the things that I have to do that day. Cause like I've already actually know what I have to do like the night before. It's like, this is my time. It's solitude. Jesus talks about this in the Bible. You know, how many times where he was around thousands of people helping all these people and even, even getting away from the disciples, he goes by himself away. Even when there was people to help, sometimes he like got away and he prayed and he talked to God and he spent solitude. Like it is a principle that we have to follow. And it's, to me, it's not, it's not a uh, good idea. It's not a um, theory. It's, I think it's a principle. We have to have solitude structured into our weekly routines. Um, so that's one thing. Like, so for me, it's gratitudes. I have a gratitude journal that I, I write at least three, four, five, six things down. Then I, ha- I say my gratitudes for me, it's, it's either some scripture or my man's devotional. <clears throat> I'm reading a, a men's devotional right now, which has been really good. And then it's, it's some prayer. 
but sometimes I switch it up. Like sometimes it's just pure meditation. Like I'm just like clearing my mind and I'm just like letting God speak to me. Uh, my, one of my mentors, Dr. Ben Lerner, he calls it the spiritual triathlon <clears throat> where it's reading. Um, it's, 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 um, prayer and it's meditation. Like those three things he would do every single morning. So it's like talking to God, pray, uh, prayer, listening to God. That's probably the thing that people do the least of is like truly like listening to what God's voice is telling us and then reading when those three things calls them the spiritual triathlon. I usually do about two of them probably in the mornings. So some people it's listening to music, like they blast the music that gets them into state. Um, and then for me, it's exercise. So I'd say my most current morning routine and it switches up in different seasons. Like I said, don't get too religious with it. You're like, Oh, I did this, this, and this, but I didn't, I forgot to pray. And then like, I would, I used to do this in the past where I'd be like, oh, I didn't pray. And then I'd like beat myself up and I'd feel guilty. And then it's like, no, now you're like, you're like not receiving God's grace. You're like, you're like, John Bevere calls it like falling from grace. Now you're like beating. That's what the devil wants. He wants to beat you up and make you feel like you're not religious enough anymore or whatever. It's not about that. Understand your morning routine can change in different seasons. It's got to be. And it might be hard to get started if you haven't done them before, but just start small. Start start with 10, 15 minutes. Like set your alarm 15 minutes early tomorrow. I'm not saying an hour. I'm not saying two hours. Set your alarm 15 minutes tomorrow, and you're just going to have 15 minutes to yourself. Start with reading one scripture, saying three gratitudes, and maybe some a minute or two of deep breathing to center yourself before you leave for work tomorrow. And then just watch it develop from there. Watch it grow. Watch what five minutes. When when I started doing this, I did five minutes of reading the Bible and God changed my life like that. It was crazy. And so um, I think a morning routine is very important. And uh, it, for me, it's, it's, it's gratitudes, scripture, devotional, prayer, and, and workout. I think changing your physiological state, not only it's an essential, I mean, we need to move our bodies, but uh, for me, it's, it's, it's workout. Um, if not in the morning over lunch, um, for me, it's, it's in my season right now. It's not always like this, but in my season right now, it's every day. I'm working out every day right now. Um, because you just, you have more energy. You, you, you feel better. You're looser. You, you it, the stress that you, you carry, it, it melts away quicker when you, when you work out more. So, uh, that's, uh, that was a loaded gun question for me because, uh, that's, you probably didn't know that when you asked me that, but, uh, this is something that I'm very passionate about. In fact, I have a whole, I could do a whole weekend retreat on uh, morning routine for people. Mm -hmm. I love that. Super important. And I like that you emphasize the fact around timing because I hear what you're doing. I'm like, the kids are knocking at my door. <laughs> Sometimes even before I wake up, there's no time for that. And then when you said, well, 10 minutes, I'm like, well, heck, I can go lock myself in the bathroom for 10 minutes. Yep. That yep. I can do. Even a mom with seven kids can do 10 minutes in the. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've done it before. <laughs> when they're just driving me crazy. 
I will thank the Lord for the bathroom. That's one of your gratitudes. I I am thankful for the bathroom. Exactly. Exactly. So, or I've I've heard of people just even going into their garage and sitting in their car, yeah, locking the door to the garage. You know, just being able. But I like how you said defend your time, because in my own personal experience, I would definitely not defend my time because I was a people pleaser. Uh I wanted to feel accepted and loved by saying yes to everything. And so my time was not mine. It was everyone else's. And so that, of course, weighs on you because then you don't have time for personal care. You don't have time for anything else. And you're always living your days on like a third of a tank, like not even half a tank, you know, just on fumes, basically. And I think lots of entrepreneurs um, live that life just trying to make it through the day. And they do wake up saying, Lord, help me get through this day um, and not starting off in that state. So I think what you've just said is super important. Super, super important. We are not made to just survive we are made to thrive and uh, i think that's one way that can help people you know thrive better throughout their day i love that i love that when would you say you felt god the most present in your business do you mean like uh like a specific incident that happened or a season or what whatever comes to you both work Well, first I'll say, maybe I'll answer it a couple different ways. Uh, First, I would say that we feel God's presence in our office almost every single day Um, because that's the, our core, one of Freedom Family Chiropractic, our number one core value is that our environment makes the difference. Mm -hmm. Our environment makes the difference. Why does our environment make the difference? First and foremost, we invite the Holy Spirit into our office. We invite God into our office and then, you know, we're positive, we're happy, but it starts with God. Like I'd say people, I say that people, God's presence is in my office every single day. Um, I'm a chiropractor. I lay my hands on people and I adjust their spine and their nerve system clear and their body heals. But we, people actually start healing uh before they get adjusted they start healing when they walk in my front door and they're in this place where god's presence dwells and they see that smile and they see that hey you must be so and so i'm so glad that you're here and then they just like then the christian music is blaring over here and like people are like smiling like wobbling on the hot seats and they're like what's that and like people are in the adjustment bays and there's like kids running around and they're like wow, like this place is different and uh, it's kind of weird, but it feels good. You know what I mean? Like God's presence is in our office. Um, That is, we do everything that we can. Obviously, is it like that 100% of the time? No, we're not perfect, but (laughs) there. Some things get crazy at times, but that is what we do. And that's how we operate, you know, 99% of the time. So that's probably what I pride myself most on is not, you know, not the big things. It's the everyday 
How do we make the environment make the difference where God is present in this place? Ooh, I love that. And I can attest to that because I have been to your office and immediately the first time I went there, I was like, yeah. this isn't a chiropractic office. <laughs> this is not. I remember hearing the music. I remember asking the girls in the office, hey, can I get the playlist that you guys use? Because it's so good. It's so inspiring and so, you know, fun. So it's just, um, yeah. You can feel it. And I love that because we can each do that. If you don't have to have a brick and mortar, you can do that even in your own home, in your own space that you're in. If you're off, like my office right here, it's in my bedroom. There's my bed right there. <laughs> I just roll over and just go to sleep, right? But um, but I can create in front of me. I have, you know, scripture. I have positive things that I'm just surrounding myself with. And I love that you say even before you begin your regular work, the spirit is already healing and moving uh -huh. because you've invited Holy Spirit to be there first. That is so, that's such a good nugget. Such a good nugget. Yep. So that's probably, um, that to me, that's the most, um, that's the biggest one that I could give. I mean, there's, there's yeah. other scenarios throughout the years where, you know, God showed up in really big ways that, um, that we were just like, I mean, thinking back to the finance uh, with finances, probably like where we're like, oh my goodness, like how are we gonna pay payroll? Like in some struggling seasons, you know, like like we're like if this money doesn't like somehow get into my account, like by the end of the day, like we could like you know lose our business. You know what I mean? So you know when you're an entrepreneur, sometimes there's some scary seasons. And then like, just like, boom, like, like a family, like, you know, just like that we met like six months ago comes back and they're like, Hey, we're ready to get started now. And then they like, you know, you know, drop like five grand for like all six family members to get started or something like that. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, like how did this happen? Like, thank you, God. Like, and not to say that happens all the time because it's it's rare and thankfully we're not you know in struggling financial seasons but i think uh finances are are one where it can really be scary but those are some of the biggest times where god's like yeah i'm gonna sh make myself known right here so we've had some of those happen yeah but uh for me like the biggest thing is just uh it's the day-to-day -day stuff oh we get to here's the other cool thing about uh I don't know if it's just easier or we've just like made it like just a part of how we operate, maybe a little bit of both, but like in the healthcare world, like, like we get like pray, praying with and for our patients, um, for like healing or for their family. And, uh, you know, it's not, it's actually not even always for, um, healing. Like sometimes it's just like, you can come in and like when you're a chiropractor, and people are coming in on a weekly basis or at sometimes at the beginning, a couple times a week, like you really get to know people mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, people see their chiropractor more than they see any other doctor. And so that is really cool because you can really build a relationship with people and you know them and they're, they're not just patients. They're like, for me, like I know every single, all, all 275 people that our patients in my office, I know every single one of them by name, you build a relationship with them. And then you can see when they come in some days and they're just like, not themselves. Right. 
and you or like they didn't even say anything, but like maybe they just like look a little bit different, or like maybe they look exactly the same, but you just feel a different energy from them. Like sometimes I'll just put my hand on them, I'll be like, "Hey, John, are you doing okay today?" Or like, "Hey, Sarah, what's up?" And then like sometimes it'll just be like breakdown cry and like they just like they're just like stressed out or life just happens and then they're just like my mom died and i lost my job or a blah 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 or like something happened and it's just putting your hand on like hey i'm sorry um you know can i pray for you Mm. they're like yeah absolutely you know even non-christian people will let you pray with them or for them because they just want somebody that cares about them and Mm. talk about finding a great way to show somebody the love of Jesus that doesn't know God. It's like caring for somebody and like saying you care enough to, to, to pray for them, even if they don't know who that is or what that means, putting your hand on them and just saying like, Hey, can I pray for you? Um, they'll receive it. And I've seen, I've seen people heal more from that than some of the adjustments that I do. Wow. That's amazing. I can see that. And I can see that translated into the online world just in terms of because you can even sometimes through through a message you know if you've got somebody who always uses exclamation points right and all of a sudden it's a period "Hmm, i wonder what's going on that's a little odd you know and so yeah being able to reach out and say hey what's going on or those of us sometimes i love that you said sometimes you know, even people who, who are non-Christian are accepting of prayer. So I think it's up to us as faith-led entrepreneurs to put that out there as an option. Sometimes we're just quiet because we don't know where they're at, but we won't know until we open our mouths. So yeah. that's a huge, huge calling. Yeah, just don't, don't be afraid to to do that because sometimes you're just like, well, I don't know if they're going to want to or I don't know if like I, I feel weird. And, you know, sometimes that for some of you, and I'm not saying that's, you know, everybody has to do that or anything, but it's like for some of you listening, maybe that's something where God wants to lead you to next is like um, in your faith walk and just maturing is like getting to the next step for you might be just be like, you know, like when somebody's struggling with something, just just a simple ask like, Hey, um, uh, do you think like, could I pray for you? Yeah. And, uh, you know what? I have done this a long time now and, uh, hundreds and hundreds of people that I've asked them that. And I, I think I could maybe think of one, maybe two people who ever said, uh, no, I, I just, I don't feel comfortable with that. And guess what? If they say that fine. Okay. Just wanted to let you know that, you know, I'm thinking about you. And then they still appreciate it. Even if they don't, um, want the prayer but 99.9% of the time they want it and they even if they don't know God they um they believe in something they just don't know what it is yet I love that oh my gosh so good um all right to wrap things up Dr. J because we could be here for hours and hours I know I I can talk (laughs) no we both we're both talking um if you have some you know just tips that you would give our faith-led entrepreneurs um what what would they be just in terms of just being an entrepreneur whatever whatever you you came up with all right i made a list for this one love it uh as you could probably tell um this number one it's got it's keeping god first place 
when you seek him, um, seek first the kingdom of God and he will give you the desires of your heart. I mean, that's biblical, that's scriptural. So you want, even though it's not all about just getting what you want in life, if you want to get what you want, then first and foremost, you seek God, keep him first place. And then either one of two things will happen. You'll get what you want because it matches up with God's desires, or he's going to, when you seek him first, your desire will change and you'll no longer want that thing because it's actually not good for you. So keeping God first place is this the number one thing. Um, it's easier said than done, but it's a journey and you got to do that, in my opinion. Number two, uh, endurance and perseverance. If I mean, the probably the number one way that all the most successful people in business is, is just like the perseverance. Like, I can't even tell you how many times I wanted to quit. I wanted to stop. I didn't think I could take another step. I wanted to run away. I wanted, there was times where I wanted to like burn down my office and run to the beach and never talk to somebody ever again. Like I hate, like, sorry, excuse me, but it's like, I hate people and I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do it. I'm going to go away and I never want to talk to anybody ever again. Now, I, that's not true. Like, I don't hate people. I love people and I love what I do. But understand, the struggle is real. The struggle is real and it gets nasty sometimes. It gets dirty sometimes. It gets real ugly sometimes, especially if you are doing what God wants you to do. The devil doesn't want you to succeed. He doesn't want you to be happy. And so just understand there will be big things in your way. And I don't even know how I'm still here sometimes because I've had so many things thrown at me. But just understanding that you have to persevere and you have to just like keep going unless unless you get a very, very clear indication from God that you need to go a different direction. Like if you're feeling like you want to quit and then you pray and like, you're not getting anything, then you have to keep going. Like some of the most painful times in my life were where like I wanted to quit and like I prayed and I'm looking for something and I hear nothing. And it's like, where are you God? Like, where are you? I need you. Tell me something. And it probably like pains him to like, just let me like struggle through that. But like, those are the moments where I realize when he's not talking, then you have to keep going because if he told you to do something else, he would have told you, but you have to keep going and it's so painful. So I think perseverance is, is the number one thing. Understand that. Oh, also everybody else goes through it too. Hmm. One of the biggest things that the devil does, he deceives you. To think, oh, it's it's just you. Everybody else is succeeding. Oh, look at her. She's doing amazing. No, she's not. And she's got real crap. And it could be worse than your crap. And so it might, might look pretty on the outside. But they got issues. Yeah. We're people and we all got issues. So if you perseverance is a big one. Um, keeping God first place, persevering. Wise counsel. I mentioned that earlier. Having people around you that's. Um, if you're all isolated by yourself, you're going to make some bad decisions. You've got to have wise counsel, mentors, get a coach. You need a coach like, like faith led business builders. You, uh, you follow Monica 
because she, you believe that she knows what she's doing and she does, she does know what she's doing, but you believe that she knows what she's doing. So get a coach and you do, don't you do some one-on-one -on -one coaching too? That's another opportunity too. Maybe you want some personal coaching. Maybe you just want to follow, you know, online or, you know, maybe, you know, search for some, some wise counsel, a mentor and, and, and paying for a coach or getting a coach is something that I've done for the last 10 years. And I can't tell you how many times that the investment brings me whatever you pay for that coach or that, that, that personal growth, it will bring you a multiple return oftentimes 10 times or more what you paid for it. So don't uh, shortchange yourself by saving a couple of bucks on somebody when it could help you prosper 10 times or more. It's almost always worth it. So mm -hmm. getting a coach, invest in yourself, wise counsel, persevere, keep God first place. I love that. So good. Such a good list. Woo! Um, we'll be able to make like a really nice book out of this interview. <laughs> I love it. Okay. One last question and we will, um, and we will, uh, wrap we, it up. We hit the hour mark. I know <laughs> this will be a really fast and easy one for you. I told you I was going to give you a surprise question. Oh, no, I see. I can't do surprise questions. <laughs> this is be really easy, really easy. What is your favorite right now? What is your favorite kind of go-to healthy snack? Chocolate chia pudding. So Ooh. super easy, super healthy. You can make it in just a couple of minutes. Can of unsweetened coconut milk, like organic unsweetened coconut milk. Not like the big milk container, but the small can. Okay. Awesome healthy fats right there. Um, so unsweetened coconut milk, um, a third cup of chia seeds, um, mix it together. Like, uh, I do like a scoop of chocolate, uh, grass fed whey protein, maybe a little bit of cocoa powder, sweeten it with stevia or, um, like uh, monk fruit, um, or like xylitol or something like that healthy sweetener. Boom. I mix it together in one minute. Put it in the fridge. The chia seeds soak up all the uh, all the the liquid, and it turns into this pudding. It's healthy fats, great proteins, omega threes, and it tastes like you're cheating, but you're not. <laughs> I love it. I love, I knew that was going to be a good question. I'm going to go make some right now. <laughs> love it. Oh my gosh. Well, Dr. Jake. This has been amazing. We're going to have to go back a couple times and actually um, just ingrain some of those things, especially like our morning routines and, and the idea of bringing God into our workspace as we start our day. I mean, there's so many great golden nuggets. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you everybody who stayed with us uh, this long. It's, it was an awesome, awesome interview. I really, really appreciate it. Where can they find you, Dr. Jake? Well, you can find us at freedomfamilychiro.com. And that's our, our office page where uh, we've got recipes on there. We, you can request an appointment to come into our chiropractic office. Uh, you can request insight or a consultation. If you have questions, I'd even be willing to get on the phone with you, but you can go to freedomfamilychiro.com. Love it.
Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and we will see you next time. We'll have Dr. Jake back um, to give us some more awesome tips. Uh, he's got so many. They're just coming out of his ears. So super exciting. And uh, and say hi to Dr. Chris, Christy and to Opal. I will do more. <laughs> and we will definitely have a fabulous day now that we know what we know. So awesome. Ooh, Carol is in Garner. Oh, yes, it's in Garner. Yep, Garner, North Carolina. We're just like 10 minutes from downtown Raleigh. So anybody within probably, I would say, an hour, 45 minutes of uh, downtown Raleigh, uh, we'd love to see you. Love it. Awesome. Thanks, Dr. Jake. All right, guys, we will see you again tomorrow morning for another episode of the Faith Led Business Podcast. And um, we hope you have a blessed day. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.